Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A team that was in last place on January 3rd. History will be made tonight in Boston. Get up, St. Louis. Get on your feet. Raise them high. Five seconds to go. And the time winds down. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions for the first time in franchise history. It's been four years, four years ago today, the St. Louis Blues won game seven in Boston to win the first Stanley Cup in franchise history. And the head coach of that team, the current head coach of the St. Louis Blues is Craig Berube, joins us now via the 101 ESPN hotline. Coach, we appreciate the time as always. When you hear that, when you think back to that 2019 run, uh, let's say 30, 40 years from now, Craig, what are you going to be telling your kids, your grandkids, about that run in 2019? Well, it was special for sure. I mean, um, you know, I think, you know, we had the players, the personnel. Uh, once we got to a level where we were playing at a high level, it took a little bit. But once we got to that level, I, you know, we, we were a good team, real good team. I mean, that showed the next year, you know, what we accomplished throughout the season before COVID hit. I mean, that's, they're, they're good players and a uh, real tight team. I mean, it's a great feeling. It's great to hear that. You know, you, you don't hear it very often, but when you do hear it, uh, you know, it was a great time. It really was. I mean, that's what you play for is to to try to win, and it's hard to win because the teams, there's so many good teams, and, you know, it's pretty even. Uh, so it's hard to win. But, uh, you know, when it happens, it's special. Craig, uh, this might be the first time I've asked you this question, which seems kind of strange, but you know, you were on the bench as an associate coach for the Blues a couple of years leading up to you taking over that head coaching job, and you were head coaching in the minors prior or after you left Philadelphia, but when you found out that Mike Yo was getting let go and you were taken over, were there any nerves on your side of taking over a, a struggling group like the Blues? There's always nerves. I think more than anything, you're, you're right away, you're like, you know, what, what steps do I need to take to fix this? And for me, you know, I didn't, it wasn't a systems thing. It was more of a mental thing. It was more of a uh, locker room thing, a thing that needed to be fixed in that locker room. Uh, we needed to pull everything together as a team and, and start uh, being unselfish, basically what it boiled down to. 
Uh, Craig, I'm curious because, and I want to get back to the Blues here in just a moment, but the Cardinals are going through something very similar this year where uh, they're a very talented group. I think everybody agrees they've got the talent to be able to go on a run, but for whatever reason, it has not come together so far this year. Uh, When you were in that locker room and you're trying to get things back on track, uh, what were some of the things that went into getting things going in the right direction for you as a coach? Well, I think, you know, getting everybody to understand their role and what, what's needed from them for the team to be successful, I think. And that takes a little bit of time because some, you know, there's probably certain players that, you know, don't want to be in that role or they don't think they should be in that role. So it takes work and it takes leadership from your leaders. And I think getting to our leaders was the biggest thing, getting them guys on board, getting them to voice their opinions in a locker room doing all those things really helped out a lot. Uh, But, you know, I think the roles were key. And then, um, you know, just keep harping on team, team, team. You don't win in any league unless you play like a team. It's, It's impossible. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but it's really hard. You know, you got to be a good team and the team has to be first. And once we got to that level, you know, we were pretty good. We're a pretty good team. Craig, in terms of getting the leaders back on board, you were in such an interesting spot for that because you were already on the bench. You were already around that group of players, and you were the assistant coach, so you had their ears maybe that the head coach didn't have. Did you feel like that maybe that trust disappeared from some of those leaders, and that's why you had to find a way to gain it back? Yeah, for sure. I think the trust had gone. I think, you know, just the whole aspect of the team really – there was a lot, a lot of trust going on there, and that was important to get that back. And there's no doubt that Jordan Bennington helped that too when he came up. No doubt, because you need solid goaltending in this league. Uh, we all know that, and he did that for us. Again, we're talking with Blues head coach and Stanley Cup champion Craig Berube here on BK and Ferrario. Uh, coach, transitioning this into this this year's team, uh, the comp for me, we were talking with Doug Armstrong last week uh, prior to this NHL draft, and he made a comment talking about the team that missed the playoffs a few years ago, and then the next year they win the Stanley Cup. And somebody asked Doug, does he see that same thing happening here? And he said the one difference between the 2018 and 2019 team compared to this season's team, he said, is a maturity factor. That group was just so much more mature than what this group is. Do you feel that way with this group, and how does that maturity begin to grow? Yeah, no, he's right for sure. I think we have more young players on this team, and and we're going to have even more next year. So, you know, the growth is, you know, our veteran players have to – to help and do a good job there again, it comes down to leadership. That's very important. And then for our, some of our younger guys, like, you know, the Thomases and Cairo, they got to take another level, another step yet. Um, you know, they've been in the league a few years now, so they got to take another step and, and that's the growth that's needed to, to push, to get over that edge, you know, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we, we had some players like Kapanen and Verona come in last year. They're not young guys. They're veteran guys. They found a new lease on life a little bit. Sammy Blair, another player that went away and came back. They were good players for us down the stretch. So I expect them to be good players. And, again, it's all about, you know, getting everybody together and, and playing it like a team and putting the team first and doing all the little things out there. 
uh, that breeds success. And if you get those things and your players are bought in, you never know what can happen. Uh, Craig, you mentioned the, the the importance of roles, and Pavel Buchnevich was one of those guys last year at the end of the season for you that did take on a little bit of a new role playing at the center position. I did want to ask you about what his future could look like. How did you feel like, looking back on it now, he performed at the center position? And if he were to stay there long term, what were the biggest things that he would need to improve upon uh, moving forward? Yeah, I thought he did a good job. I didn't think... Uh, you know, he looked out of place by any means. I think, you know, there's obviously he, he's, he's got things to learn and, and to, um, you know, get timing and, and used to certain situations. But, you know, overall, it was great to see him perform the way he did because now you know you got a guy that can go in that position if it's needed. But, um, you know, he's a smart player. He's a good two-way player defensively he did a great job in the middle of the ice offensively he probably wasn't happy with himself and we were probably not as happy either from a production standpoint and the things like he has to improve on are um i think more just understanding the position better and um, in your own end through the middle of the ice coming through the middle of the ice in the neutral zone things like that and also face-offs are very important um, he would have to improve on those. How do you improve on those, Craig? Is that just over time? Is that working in the offseason with specific trainers on the face-offs? Um, yeah, that's part of it. I think just working with our coaches on a daily basis, taking draws, working on things. But it's also, you know, the veteran guys that have been around, they they know who they're going up against and what he likes to do and, then they take advantage of that, you know. I think Bucci just hadn't been hadn't been in the position long enough to understand that side of it. Coach, uh, speaking of assistant coaches, uh, I, I know that this is the off season that you're still kind of searching for the 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 uh, individuals to take over for Mike Van Ryan. And I'm not going to ask you how the process is going, but are there specific tendencies that you're looking for in the options in terms of assistant coaches to join your staff? Well, you want a guy, you know, from the D standpoint that probably played the position. Um, that's not the end to be all, but it's important, I think, to have a, a guy that played that position. Um, you know, a guy that can relate to the players, I think, a little bit younger guy probably, you know, that's, you know, an up-and-coming guy that's been coaching somewhere, could be in the minors, you know, maybe in the NHL, but, uh, you know, sort of a guy that can really get to our decor. We have a veteran decor uh, that need to be revamped a little bit, uh, need a little, little bit new lease on life back there, uh, a new voice, so and uh, some new ideas. Uh, Craig, last question that I have for you. I wanted to ask about Jordan Cairo. When you look at just the, the numbers, right, they, they look great from last season. 37 goals, had 73 points in 79 games. But we know uh, one of the big talking points over the last couple of seasons has been playing that full 200-foot game. Uh, when you think about what his offseason looks like and what you want to see from Jordan Cairo in this upcoming season, what does this offseason plan look like for him, for him to get to be the best player that he can be this upcoming year? I think stronger, getting stronger, you know, like we ask most of our guy, young guys to do. I think strength's important for him, <clears throat> for sure. And then, you know, obviously, Jordan. Jordan's a hard worker. You know, he's going to work at things in the summertime here. He's going to, you know, obviously on the ice and off the ice. And then on the ice, I think, you know, from a, 
competitive standpoint, just working on your puck battles, working on being stronger in puck battles, you know, winning more puck battles. Those types of things will help him become a better player. And then next year, again, he's he's a year older. We're looking for a player that's going to play a better 200-foot game that's going to be more responsible defensively, but also at the same time, we need him to score goals and produce for us at a high level. Greg, final one for you, and we appreciate the time as always, but you mentioned uh, being around these younger players and you've worked with these younger players over your years. I am curious what the involvement is like and excitement for you of the Blues potentially having this 10th overall draft pick, which could be a significant player for the Blues organization. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, it's it's been a while since they've had, you know, since uh, I think Petra Angelo had a pick like that. So it's been a while, and um, you know, understandably so. We've been had great success here in the Blues. Uh, so you know, you're not getting a high pick, but uh, we got to take advantage of it for sure. And uh, looking forward to uh, getting an opportunity to to see the player and who it is and work with them. Absolutely. And Craig, I lied one more because the, the, the text line wants to know uh, your, just your thoughts on Darren Pang moving uh, forward with his career with the Chicago Blackhawks and what that relationship was like for you with Panger. Great relationship. Uh, Panger and I go back a long ways. I really enjoyed, you know, working with him and um, being around him all the time, you know, whether, you know, on the road or at home, just, outside what you guys see on a daily basis like you know just communicating with him and being around him he's a great person great guy and he does a great job on tv he'll be missed he'll be missed i think uh a lot of people in st louis will miss him for sure i know i will and uh i'm sure the blues will absolutely do you ever score a goal on him craig <laughs> I think I scored more than one. There we go. That's, that's... You can ask him, though. Oh, don't worry. Don't, don't worry. We'll make sure. I, I guarantee at least three or four on him. Craig, uh, yeah. always appreciate the time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your offseason and hopping on with us. Enjoy the rest of it, and we look forward to seeing you back in St. Louis soon. Thanks, guys. Take care.